so, it's so good to be here with you this morning. Um, I'm really excited, actually. I get to share some of, uh, some of what our youth and young adults have, uh, have been working on. Not that long ago, we were kind of looking through uh, the book of Proverbs, and, and something I thought that would be really fun was, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, memes. Does you know what memes are? Yeah? Okay, well, so memes are like, uh, they're, they're pictures, often from uh, famous TV shows or famous people or something like this, uh, and then oftentimes a scene is kind of contextualized with words. Oh, thank you. And, uh, and so uh, what we did is we took Bible verses and, and tried to contextualize them around these words to kind of uh, maybe communicate something more, something greater. Uh, and so I just I wanted to share some of those with you. It kind of reflects uh, some of what we do uh, with the remnant. Now, I got to warn you, if you invite uh, people to, no, no, go ahead. If you invite people to do memes, there's a very good chance that you'll become the butt of those memes. And so I, uh, I was, <laughs> that's a picture of me in, in Kindersley, Saskatchewan. It says, the king's wrath is like the roaring of a lion. And then there's a picture of me with the, uh, the Graceland kids as Pharaoh. His favor is as dew upon the grass. So if you are going to uh, invite people to do memes, be careful about that. Let's see the next one. Now this one, uh, tips and tricks, all right, just about how to, to live life and, and how long will you lie there, O oh sluggard? When will you s- arise from your sleep? Uh, and and I, ca- I think it's chamomile tea there. It's is fairly helpful. Yeah, George? Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. So uh, dating advice. Um, so it's something that's on the minds of many young uh, men and women, and so how we like to talk about that in the remnant as well. The Bible, spiritual, the Bible, the spiritual food, the only food you need, right? But the Quebecois, they've got, what about poutine, right? Okay? But I, I'd like to think, can't we have both? Really, I think there's room, room for both. Choosing friends. Proverbs 13, 20 says, when you hear of uh, a being, a companion will, a companion of fools will destroy you. And we have this, this old guy considering his friends, well, I guess I'll die. Oh, this one, uh, this one's pretty good. Uh, and I don't know, this isn't, this is, there's a lot of kind of proverbs that, that uh, address this, but many of times we think we're on the right path, uh, and then we find out which path we're actually on, and it's kind of a, a two-part <laughs> picture process there. Sometimes we give marital advice. Um, as uh, some of you may know, it is better to live in the corner of the house stop than in the house shared with a quarrelsome wife. That's Proverbs 21.9. That, uh, that lion is, uh, he's, he's making sure he's well covered. Now, uh, apologetics. We like to look at apologetics. Uh, you, many people would say that the Bible's nonsense. You know, the world is very old, billions of years. But wisdom is too high for fools. Proverbs 24.7. Yeah. <laughs> now, this last one, I got to tell you, there's two things about this last one. Now, Yusuf... He didn't really want me to use this because he didn't want people to associate him with someone who's afraid of the Lord being in his life. Because Yusuf is a fantastic young man. I love him. He's godly. I, I really appreciate him. So don't think badly of him because of this meme. The second thing is, if Kimia asks to take a picture of you, be very careful to find out what she's going to use it for. <laughs> but it just says, the Lord is watching everywhere, keeping his eyes on both the evil and the good. Proverbs 15, 3. 
And it's with this last uh, meme, this idea of evaluation, understanding the fact that God is always with us, that, that I, I kind of want to, to shift here and, and, and get into the message. Uh, the title of my message is Godspeed. And it's a, it's a phrase, it's kind of, it's an older phrase. Uh, you know, I think it's from the 12th century or something like that, the, the 13th century. And, and, and the meaning has kind of shifted over time and it's fallen out of, out of use. Oftentimes, if you hear this, you're probably thinking the emphasis is on this idea of speed, as some sort of journey. Uh, but that's actually not the, the original meaning. The, the original meaning, uh, the, the spelling is, is it's God's sped, so S-P-E-D-E. The, the, the meaning intent, in, originally is that it's this idea of prosper, that God prosper you, that, that, that God would cause it to go well with you. And so this is actually a phrase uh, that I feel like it's, maybe it's growing because when we bring these two ideas together, this idea that God prospers you, but as you go on this journey, there's something here that I, that I think for, for us as followers of Jesus that, that we can really utilize in our life. And so I'm, I, I started, I don't know if you get like the Christian emails and, and people, they'll put like the little Bible verse or they'll say blessings or whatever. So I started to use Godspeed. Because I, I, there's something about this that I want to be uh, a part of my life, but I really want to, to, to encourage others to have as well. Now, there's, um, I was looking at different passages about how to talk about this, this idea of God's speed. And really, like, let's face it, the, today is the day of the uh, 2020 uh, jokes. Um, they're going to start with all the sermons, pastors, uh, uh, titles, right? The, the, there's going to be all kinds of things talking about vision, you know, 2020 vision, you know, there'll be a year of hindsight, all these kinds of things. But really, as we come to the end of the year and consider, you know, how has, that was so much, what do we have, what do we have to be thankful for today? As we sang and, and worship God, what do we have to be thankful? What do we have to be blessed about? If we look back and consider our life, well, what is it that God has done for us? And, 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 and because of what God has done for us, how is it that we live? How closely are those two things associated in our understanding and in, in, in our daily choices? So I, I kind of, um, I felt like God was really leave, leading me to this passage. Oh, and here's this question. Was 2019 a prosperous year? Was 2019 a prosperous year? Would you look at it and, and would you say, you know what? I, I, there's more I have now because of 2019 than, than back in 2018. And to me, when we ask that question, I think the immediate next question that we kind of have to ask ourselves is, well, how do we measure prosperity? Because let's face it, prosperity is kind of a, it's a shifty word in the church, you know, like there's some baggage connected to that. You start saying prosperity gospel, people are going, okay, well, hold on a second. Well, what do you really mean? How do you measure the prosperity that God has blessed you with? So this passage that God, I felt, was leading me to is kind of, it's kind of an obscure book. Uh, it's not really a book, it's a letter, okay? Third John. How many of you have like read Third John? Yeah? It's kind of one of those books in the Bible where you're just like, you just don't know it's there, you know? Uh, and, and reading it, and we're gonna go through it, reading it, it's just kind of like, I'm even wondering, okay, God, why did you put this letter here? It doesn't seem to be, you read the letters of Paul or, or, or the amazing stories and the prophets in the Old Testament, and it's just like, these, these, it makes total sense why these things are here. But, but then you got this letter, 3 John. Let's go. 
So it says, and we're going to go through It's like, it's not very many verses, so we'll just go through all of it. If you have your, your devices or a Bible in front of you, go ahead, flip to it or, or turn it on. It says, the elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, for they've gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. I have written something to the church, but Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will bring it up. I will bring up what he is doing, talking wicked nonsense against us. And not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want to and puts them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. We also add our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. I had much to write to you, but I would rather not write with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. Peace be to you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends, each by name. Now, unlike Paul's letters, that actually sounds like a letter. And it, and it is. It's, it's from, well, it's supposed to be from John, written to this, this elder or this, this uh, respected man in the church. His name's Gaius. And you hear the love that they have for one another. And, and it's a quick little note, just a small encouragement. But I was looking at this, and, and what first brought me to it was, was in our first, uh, in verse 2 there. We asked that question, how do we measure prosperity? I think verse 2 and, and the next two verses actually give us an idea about a way in which that we should measure prosperity as Christians. It says there, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health and it goes well as it goes well with your soul. We all want it to go well with us. We all want good health. But, but in this verse, it's kind of interesting that he makes this distinction. He has these two ideas of things going well with us and good health. And he says, as... As it is with your soul. Right, so the highest prosperity, the highest understanding of what our good is, is that our soul is secure in Christ. And that true prosperity is measured in that first and foremost. And that as we recognize and understand that, our hope is that the rest of our life will reflect that understanding. So I hope that your life, that everything's going well, that there's no suffering, that there's no trials. I, thought, I hope that you're healthy and, and your family's healthy and then, that there's no hindrance for you to, to go and do whatever you please. Just as you are free in Christ. Just as you have been bought and paid for by Christ. And that's the, that's the highest prosperity. And so when we look back and we, we ask this question, you know, how prosperous was 2019? Well, how is it with your soul? How is it with your soul? And do the things that you have, whether they be health, whether they be possessions, whether they be relationships, 
Does it help where your soul's at? Because if you have Christ, then it doesn't matter, not to say that it doesn't matter, but no matter where you're at, you can say, it is well with my soul. He goes on and he says, I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you were walking in the truth. Uh, something, you, you, you start to see a lot of interesting things about this guy, Gaius. That, that he's this authentic person. And, and there's, other, there's other brothers, people who have, who have come from afar and have been taken into his hospitality. And they testify to the kind of person that he is. If we're going to measure the prosperity of 2019, what would other people say about how we have lived our life? How would other people suggest or, or, or evaluate how it is with our soul? Are there enough people in our lives who really know what's going on? Or do we have a very comfortable, a very high, a very pretty looking wall around our life that everyone outside of it can see? And I love and it, this, this illustration, this, this way of kind of talking about living the, the Christian life, this idea of walking, walking in the truth. I love that picture of walking because as I, as I get older and I learn more and I, and, and I learn how little I know and, and these kinds of wisdom, I come to realize that, that walking is really uh, one of the best modes of, of transportation, you know, the more that we can do does not necessarily mean that it is a good thing. Um, an interesting side fact, you know, in the, in the, in the, industri- in the 1950s when all these, these machines and, and technologies were being brought into the home for the, for the homemaker and it was going to make her life so easy, uh, you know, the, the dishwashers and the washing machines and all this, what they found actually is it didn't, it didn't mean that, that the, the, the person who stayed home at that time, it was typically the wife. It didn't mean that she did less work. It meant that she got more done. And, and in fact, what it, what it actually, that they found is that she was more tired because she, her capacity to do had been increased and so she could do so much more, she had less time to stop and rest. And, and I look at that when we, when we think about like the cars and the technology we have with, with, with our phones and, and the speed at which we can access information then maybe, maybe walking speed is a good speed to go at. And I think, you know, the only time Jesus hitched a ride was into Jerusalem. The only place he rushed into was Jerusalem, the place where he would be crucified. He walked everywhere else. He, he sailed a few places, I'm sorry. But the guys he was sailing with, a lot of times come across as pretty inept. You know, when you're walking, you notice a lot more. You see a lot more of the things that are going on around you. The other thing about this idea of walking that I really like is it, when I read it in scripture, it always kind of conjures up and it connects itself to this thing. One of my favorite verses that Jesus says about himself, it's in John 14, 6. It says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And right here, there's an echo of that. Is indeed you are walking in the truth. You walk on a way. Those who are alive walk. And and there's a true way, there's a right way to do that. And one simple phrase 
the life of Christ is invoked. So, as you consider the prosperity of 2019, how was your walk? Did you need to stop and take a break every once in a while? Were there times where you were sprinting? Were there times maybe where you were going the wrong way? In verse 4, John says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. When I read this verse, all I hear, what, what the, the image that is just, to me, it sounds like John is writing what God is putting on his heart. That this is what God is saying. That as we have a heavenly father, it is his joy to see that we are walking in the truth. And I think about my sons and how I love to see them walking in the truth. How I, how I yearn to see them how I yearn to see them grow into men of God. And when I see them making good choices, when I see them living the way that, that, that I try to exemplify for them, how proud and how much joy that gives me. But that, that's how God feels about us. That when he sees us walking in his way, in his truth, that he has joy. And there's a joy that we can have as Christian brothers and sisters that we come together in a community that when we're all walking in the way in which the Christ has called us, that there is a joy that comes out of that. That as there are less and less things hindering our relationship with God and our relationships with one another, that that joy has a resonance that grows. And it's that same joy that, that connects with people outside of the church who look in and they see that there's something different. That there's something that they want. There's something inside of them that yearns and cries out for the thing they think they see here. But how prosperous was 2019? In this, uh, in this letter, there's, there's two characters that are, that are identified. Well, three, Demetrius. I'm, and it's not really clear why he mentions Demetrius. What the testimony he talks about with Demetrius is, I don't know. We're going to ignore Demetrius. But he talks about these two guys, he, his friend, his beloved Gaius, and this, this other guy. Uh, and I mess his name up every time. Dion Trephes. Dio Trephes? <laughs> My dating counsel, they're just like, oh, how did this guy get through? I kind of want to look at these two guys as a picture of, of evaluation for ourselves. And at the end of, of the, the message, what I actually would like to do is lead us in a time of prayer and reflection and, just, and allow God to just speak into our hearts. But let's look at these two characters. First one we have is Gaius. In verses 5 and 6, it says, Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers. Strangers as they are who testified to your love before the church, you will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. In these two verses, we see that he is faithful. That, that he acts as though God's promises, that God's presence is real. Sometimes it doesn't feel like God's close to us. And, and so maybe, you know, when I was a kid and I thought my parents weren't home, I acted differently than when I thought my parents were home. But when we're acting faithfully in who God is, then we're acting like God's always around us. It brings me back to that, that picture of Yusuf with those big eyes. The Lord is always watching. He's always with us. He's always alongside us. 
And oftentimes we kind of take that to mean it's just like God's watching us, so, so behave. But really, it's that God's with you, so be encouraged. That he's beside you, that he sees you, that he's guiding you, and that he's calling you. In all your efforts, Gaius is hardworking and diligent. He's not wasteful or slothful, but that, that he's, he's pursuing the things in life that God has put before him. And, and, and his love is generous. These strangers, these people, these brothers from afar, he doesn't know them except to know that they are followers of Christ. And so he opens his home, he feeds them, he takes care of them. He brings them into, their, into his home. Well, you, you want someone to find out who you really are, then let them live with you. I am not the same person at home as I appear to be now. I work on that, but that's the truth. And he says, you will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. Serve them, love them as though you are serving and loving the Lord. To look on him and to give to them. I think this also shows that Gaius has a vision of God's kingdom. That he's not limited in his thinking of what it means to be a part of the Christian community. That he sees that there's a greater thing going on that God is doing and that he sees himself as being a part of it. In verses 7 and 8, it emphasizes, it builds on this. He says, For they've gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. Sometimes I think in church it becomes very easy and simple to allow it to be uh, limited to that, that we let other people do it. I come here for what I need and other people are going to take care of that and I contribute in these specific ways and that's, that's the agreement. And I think there's some truth to that. But it seems to me that Gaius... He would do this for anyone, whether they were someone who was coming in and that they were preaching the gospel, if there was someone who was coming in and they were just passing through and needed a place to stay. But again, we have this greater vision of what God is doing. Do you have the greater vision of what God is doing in Montreal? Do you have the greater vision of what God wants to accomplish in Quebec and in Canada and across this world? And what an amazing thing it is to be here a part of this church because, you know, the world is, is practically represented here. How many different peoples and different cultures are right here? Do you have a vision of what God is trying to do and do you see yourself as a part of it? This Gaius didn't have to go out. He just had to open his home. So I ask you, how prosperous was 2019? So, Diotrephes. Let's take a look at this guy. Now, I got to say something before we start. It's interesting, and, and it should be noted, that both these guys are Christians. Both these guys go to church on a regular basis. They see themselves as righteous people, probably. And so this is not necessarily a, a, uh, a seeker-sensitive kind of message today. This is definitely a Christian message today. 
that if you were a follower of Jesus, here's two examples of people who claim to be the same. It says in verse 9, I've written something to the church, but Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing, talking wicked nonsense against us. And not content with that, he refuses to welcome brothers and also stops those who want to and puts them out of the church. So right off the bat, some very simple things that we can see about this guy. He's selfish. He puts himself first. Well, that's not me. I don't do that. I, I don't put myself first. I don't make sure that I get what I need first before anybody else. That's not how I function as a, as a Christian. It says that he's, he does not acknowledge our authority. The word used here when it, it uses authority, it's not the same hard word for authority that, uh, you know, when Jesus, and he gives a great commission, he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, go therefore. That's a very kind of like hard and strong use of the word of authority, this, this thing of go and do these things. But this word that, that's used here by the, the writer of this letter is, is a little bit toned back, and, and this idea of authority is kind of more one of, uh, as ones who are in, in a position to be listened to, ones who are wise. I'm sure you've got these people in your life who, who maybe don't, I know it's not me, who maybe don't talk very much. And as soon as they do talk, everyone else kind of just starts to get quiet and just listens because even though they don't talk very much, that when they say something, it's very meaningful. Those people have a certain kind of authority. And, and I would say that as Christians, that we all have this authority because we have something valuable to say in us as we come before God. You know, sometimes we think whatever we have to say is amazing. Uh, that's not true. It's just not true. But the things that God has to say in us are always amazing. And so I think that there is a space in our lives where we need to be humble, where we need to be able to say, I need to be quiet and just listen and see because maybe God is trying to tell me something. And I think it's this kind of authority that we need to give to one another and especially to our leaders and elders in the church because they've been placed there for this very purpose and reason to guide us, to teach us, to help us in our way as we're walking. It says that he talked wicked nonsense against them. He, he gossip and slander. It's very easy to, to, to say something, a truth even, and to have that be misshapen and malformed in a context. And the reality is, it happens in church too. Sometimes more so in church than outside. It's divisive. He creates this barrier with the slander and gossip, but then he also, he refuses to welcome brothers into the church. He stops those who want to do this. He draws this line in the sand. He's making the church in his own image. You can be in, but not you. You can speak, but not you. And God's word is, is definitely leading and guiding us in the way in which that we're supposed to meet together and, and to relate to one another and the way in which that we should worship and we should, we should study it and, and see how it shows us to do this. But the, the fact of the matter is, 
if, if you've been in church for more than a year or two years, that you see it in us, that we're prone to make church in our own image. Well, I think it should be like this. Well, I just feel this way when we sing these songs or do these things or have these programs. And I'm not saying those things are bad. But there is a tendency sometimes for us to elevate those things. To elevate them over maybe what God is asking us to elevate. Diotrephes seems to be one of those. And he's not generous and he's not hospitable. We'll go to the next slide. The application is really easy, very simple, and something I really love actually about this letter. Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. It's interesting that whoever does good is from God, and whoever does evil has never seen God. There's a fear of the Lord. When you know and understand who God is, his righteousness, his glory, you, you act and do things differently. But until you've seen that, until you know what that is, you're not going to live that way. You know, I, as I was reading through this, um, the passage that kept coming to mind, and especially in these verses, if you want a more succinct uh, description, you can go to Galatians 5, 16 to 25, where it says, Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. The desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Or... Do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God, and whoever does evil has not seen God. So, as Christians, you know, obviously, well, let's be like Gaius and not like Diotrephes. Right? And it's just as simple as that. We just, we'll, just, we'll just be the good guy, the right guy, and not the bad guy. The thing is, there's this war and struggle inside of us. That we are on a journey, a journey of transformation. That while we stand in the righteousness of Christ, He's also making us into His image. And that's a process of character development. And so when we think about 2019, I want to take just a few moments and just, we're going to invite God to just speak to us. Because I know that there have been moments in your year where, where this identity of Gaius probably shone through. And you lived in a way that brought joy to God the Father's heart. But I imagine that there's things in your life right now that he wants to work on as well. And so I encourage you, just as we take some time in prayer, 
to whatever God is putting on your heart, to write it down, to make it part of your devotions and your studies in this new year. Because as we walk step by step, we come closer into the light of Christ. And we can do that together. If you're really feeling bold and you want like the extra points, the extra Christian points, share what you wrote down with someone else. Not your spouse, although you should do that with your spouse, but someone else that can pray for you and that can hold you accountable. That can ask you, hey, how's that thing going? Let's just take some time and pray. Father God, we just thank you for the blessings that you have given to us. It was only a a few days ago that we remembered that you loved us so much, even while we were sinners, that you would send your son in the form of a babe, that one day he might die for our sins, setting us all free, that in his resurrection we have new life as well, that we wait with anticipation for his return, But Lord God, as we wait, I pray and ask that you would help us to wait in a way that brings you joy and brings your joy into our hearts and into our community. So God, I just want to set aside this this space right now that you would speak to each of us. Lord, is there somewhere in this last year that I've been like Gaius? God, would you encourage me Would you show me your love as I have acted in obedience and faith? God, in what ways do you want me to be like Gaius in this coming year? What can I commit to you, Lord? And in what way do you want me to to love or to show appreciation to those around me? God, is there a relationship that I need to work on and to pray for? Would you just reveal that to me now? Father, would you show me in this last year where I've maybe missed a step and been like diatrophies? God, where maybe I've been um, less than generous and hospitable or, or tried to do things, making your work in my own image. And God, that if I've done this, I confess and ask that you would forgive me. Where, God, in this new year, do you want to work on my heart? Lord, I pray and ask that you would just reveal to me something that you would like to change, to transform by the power of your love and the blood of your son. Holy Spirit, I just pray and thank you for being with us, for speaking to us. I pray that uh, even as we go from here, that you would bless us all. I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.